This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wick and Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper, Dan Clark, and Damian Farrar Hockley. No action at the weekend, but we have plenty to talk about, so let's jump straight into it. Uh, there's a small matter of the uh, of the loan, the uh, public records showing that Feliciana. Uh, took out a loan. It's caused a, a bit of a mini stir on the Soch. Uh Adam, you're our resident financial guru, but I'm sure everybody here has some things to say about it. I actually don't. I don't really have much of an opinion. But Adam, let's dispel some myths. Let's potentially put people at ease. What's the general gist of this? What does it mean? Yeah, I'm a bit like you, actually. I don't really have, have too much of an opinion. I sort of read it, shrugged my shoulders and and carried on scrolling to be honest with you but but basically what it means is that the company who owns us so feliciana efl limited uh whose directors are rob missy uh pete and one other who temporarily escapes my attention um but they have basically borrowed some money from a private individual um and the security for that money has been secured over property or assets um or a debenture over uh business finances um so first, first things first. Adams Park is is safe. Adams Park isn't owned by uh, Feliciana. It's opened by it's owned by Fall, and then there is a um, a lease in place. Um, I believe between either Fall and Feliciana, or between the football club and Feliciana. Um, so yeah, I'm not concerned about Adams Park. Um, there's actually no um, no evidence to suggest so far that this will change anything um, about the way that the club is run um, they may not even use that money for for the club they may have other other business ventures that they want to go after in Feliciana um, my gut feeling is that it's, it's probably been borrowed to go and do the work that they want to do around the stadium he's already alluded to the fact that he wants to get an investor in he's got a lot of capital expenditures that he wants to make um, in the times that we're going through at the moment Banks aren't particularly keen on lending to football clubs, particularly football clubs who have lent, who, who, who have reported a loss of two million quid. So I think he's probably got 
better terms going to a private investor. Um, and I'm pretty sure that um, that the agreement will be that if the loan isn't paid back after X amount of years, then that loan will just transfer to shares. Um, and you'll find that uh, that he takes a shareholding in Feliciana. And, you know, I, I'm really laid back about it. I don't think that there is any, <clears throat> there's anything to be majorly concerned about. Um, I think you've only got to look back at, at what the Cougs have done since coming in. They've been, um, you know, been quite open and honest with us. First of all, they've been good owners. They've run the club properly. They've run it well. They've invested where they can. Um, and I think, you know, they've, they've proved that they can be trusted. So I've not got any concerns. You can never sit here when we're no longer supporter owned and say we are 100% safe. But let me tell you, when we were supporter owned, we weren't 100% safe because mm. we weren't making any bloody money. So it's um, this is kind of um, one of those things. So, you know, what could happen? What might happen? Well, actually, nobody knows. Gut feeling is that they'll invest some of that money. It will go into Adams Park. It will mean that we've got a nicer stadium to make the, uh, the match day experience a bit better um, and possibly a road. The mm. road that we've been talking about for thirty years, um, yeah, yeah, gut gut feeling is that they wouldn't develop the stadium without being able to increase the uh, the capacity. So I, I am guessing that we will probably have a chunk of money thrown at us at some point to to build the road and develop the stadium and get it up into uh, into this century. So not concerned. Don't think anybody needs to be concerned. Rob's been quite open and honest with us about the fact that he's been looking for an investor um you know and and really this guy's a european fintech expert worth 4.6 billion pounds um i can think of a lot worse people to be involved with your football club so i don't think we need to be hitting the alarm bells yet the road through the through the uh through, yeah, through a tunnel through the hill with the dream and it's straight up to the motorway mm-hmm. <laughs> actually people might actually get out before six o'clock in the evening then <laughs> And wait for our Kazakhstani access road. Very nice. Really. There we go. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's a good road. Oh no, we're only four minutes into this podcast, and it's already four, taken four, a very sour four, turn. Four minutes in, and financial advice and Kazakhstani accents. Uh, it's it's a banger of an episode, lads. Uh, Dan, have you got any 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 thoughts uh, thoughts about it? No, when. I think the the normal concern was because obviously because this guy has obviously got a decent amount of money, um, everyone kind of thought, oh, that's it, the buyout's happening. Tamuri Ketsby is going to be our manager slash player at fifty, and we're bombs <laughs> away. But I don't think it's going to be anything like that. So, um, yeah, exactly what Adam said. It's it's a loan. It's done via Felicia. I know it's not done via the club, so the club's not bound by anything, which is a relief. It's it's all basically Rob and Missy and there's no surprises it was expected wasn't it we, he was looking mm-hmm. for investors um I did a bit of a, a little bit of desktop research on the guy and he seems to be quite forward thinking so if he does seem to have a bit more of involvement then okay let's see how that goes I mean you know the first question would be what does a guy with four four point something billion have any interest in a league one football club but then you ask the same question about what Robin Ryan had interest in a small Welsh club in the National League. So you know the the market's there and you know if anything we've got solid foundations. So we're going to be an attractive proposition. It might be a you know try before you buy option. We don't know because obviously Rob's looking to sell the club but for now 
there's no risk is there so let's yeah. just see how it goes I think it's an interesting one that the club hasn't said anything though um, I don't know whether they're bound to or whether they need to but obviously Rob's been quite forthcoming with the investor chat and the fact that he needs to do it um, obviously I think everyone's just found out via the company records so I don't know whether something will come out in the coming days we don't know Yeah, I, su- I suspect we probably won't hear anything um, I don't I mean, either. I don't. Yeah, ultimately, the, it's, it's not really anything to do with the club. To be perfectly honest, you know, I could, no, I could go, I could go to the bank and get a loan. But if I owned a limited company, it wouldn't make any difference to my limited company whatsoever. So I, I, I don't think we'll hear anything. And I don't, uh, you know, certain people on certain social media platforms will say, "Oh, the club's hiding stuff from us." Not a case of that at all. Just, well, that being said, though, I think we it might be useful just to say, you know, this is what I've done. Um, just to uh, stop all the rumours and stop people uh, thinking we're, why, we're getting some... why? Yeah, because yeah. the, the problem is you know, a business. I think we're getting some billionaire in to, to run the club, which is not the case, but people well, say, are reading what they want to read. Say, for example, we've borrowed, I don't know, a million quid, and we're in negotiations with either developers to build our stadium... Or we're in negotiation for clubs to buy players from, and all of a sudden a developer says, "Well, what's your budget?" And we say five hundred thousand, and the developer says, "I know says, you've got well, more, yeah, yeah." F, F you, that. you've just borrowed a million quid, and it's printed all over the newspapers. Yeah, we have got. We're, we're a small football club. We've got to keep our cards close to our chest, and I've said it before. Too right. Ju- just because we're sense. a football club doesn't mean that we should go shouting from the hills about our financial work, uh, uh, our financial goings on. Um, report what you have to report. Um, work within the rules, but don't do any more than you have to do. Um, I think, you know, the whole Wrexham model has not fallen on its ass. That's the wrong way of saying it. But because the, everybody knows they've got so much money, they're finding mm. it much, much more difficult to sign players to improve them. Um, I'd much rather cards were, cle- were kept close to chest because it's going to help us get the better deal for the football club. Second season of Welcome to Wrexham's coming yeah. out. They must be funding it. Uh, it is, but I, I I agree. But I think you know, there's 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 ways of saying it without saying, look, we've got a shed load of money now, and you know, Rob's got dollar dollar bills hanging out his pockets and stuff like that. It's not it's not how it is, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's there's just ways and means of saying it. Look, even if it's a case of we've got a bit of an investment, actually, we're probably looking at getting the stadium to where it needs to be or something like that. Something very simple. Yeah, Rob's been very transparent so far, so that's. Just from the pattern of communication so far, that's what I would expect. I wouldn't expect all singing or dancing. Look, you know, we've hit the jackpot. Here's all this money, and Rob throws it up in the air. Missy's making snow angels in the in the dollar bills. And I do think that the I do think that the original tweet. I can't remember who it came from, but I think this person is. It was Chairboys on the net, wasn't it? Chairboys on the net, but I, I think that it came from a, a source before that, and this source again, oh, okay. I can't remember we, the name. I thought is, we can wait if it brought it out first. Yeah, they're, they're, this this person's well known for digging around uh, club financials. Kieran McGuire. Uh, Kieran McGuire. That's it. Yeah, yeah, but that's 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 what he does, right? And yeah. I think that he he presents the information fairly matter of factly, and how you, however you take that information is ultimately up to you. And I think what I saw oh, in that initial tweet was a lot of oh, what's all this about? Was a lot of kind of people thinking that it was all part of some sort of nefarious plot or oh you know how can they be doing that they you know they they recorded they reported a two million loss last year and people people arrive at their own conclusions and more often than not those conclusions are usually crap but uh i think all we can do at this point is just speculate right the club i don't 
the club are never going to come out and outright say it. But Dan, I do think that you're onto something there that Rob could have perhaps positioned it in his recent uh, interview and just said, look, you know, we've uh, we've been uh, looking for some funding. We've been looking for investors, as I mentioned. We've been able to find that. And, uh, you know, this brand spanking new Adams Park experience is just around the corner. I think there's a massive um, chicken little situation is probably the best way to describe it. Wickham fans, whenever money's involved, um, if someone new with a with a bit of money gets involved, regardless of their level of involvement, everyone runs around like the sky's falling down because of the Steve Hayes situation in the past and all that kind yeah. of stuff. We've had our fingers burnt. I think that's probably where everyone is immediately alarm bells ringing and this guy's going to come in from Kazakhstan and just completely shoot us into the ground when it's not the case. Um, you know, it's, it is probably just exactly as Adam said it and just take it as it is. It, it's an investment. Let's just not get carried away with it. But, I think the positive yeah. thing is that he's put his own, he's put his own, um, <clears throat> his own assets up as security. Mm. And I think that shows yeah. a level of, a level of seriousness, you know, and look, we don't know what these, what these assets are. We don't know what he owns and what he doesn't, but look, if he was going to borrow money that, and, and do everything a bit arse about face or in a way that that would make us feel nervous. Um, I would suggest that he wouldn't be putting his own assets up to do that um, or the company's own assets. So yeah, I think we just need to, um, we just need to watch this space. Like you say, possibly could have said something, but, but I just think that that kills negotiating power. It's typically American way of doing yeah. business. It's kind of his business. He said in the interview recently, you know, he looks at this as a business. Yes, it's a football club. And yes, there's a lot of emotional investment. But for him, it's a business. He wants it to succeed. Yeah. He wants it to make money. And eventually when he sells it, he wants to make money. You know, he wants to sell it for more than he brought it for. And, um, you yeah, know, fair play to the guy and if that means that we have a bit of fun while he's doing it then then fantastic as long as the the long-term future of the club is secured regardless of what level we're playing at as long as the long-term security of the club is secured then uh, then i'm happy i i really don't think there's anything to worry about good stuff well uh look uh we're talking about long-term prospects and and potential magic here happening but let's let's cast our eyes to a more short-term thing that's happening the magic of the fa cup it's back baby uh bradford away on uh, the 4th of november uh that's who we've drawn i did think for some reason because i'm still stuck in the past that it was uh, Mark Hughes is Bradford, but then I went and had a look and he's been sacked. So yeah, he's not been sacked, Hughes yeah. anymore. There we go. Au revoir. Um, but yeah, Bradford away. Uh, we will preview this match in, in far more detail in, in the coming weeks. But lads, um, happy with that draw? Who not fancy? at all. No? Dan's, deli- <laughs> Dan's delighted. It's just down the road. I'm buzzing. <laughs> it's an hour away. Draw. We could have got, got a non-league team away from home. Got on telly. It would be brilliant. We just got a team that probably going to have a new manager by then. New manager by us probably knock us out of the cup. That's there's my negative standpoint on it. I'm the only person in this entire place that's happy about it. I think I'm the only person on social media I've seen that's happy about it so far. Hour down the road, I'm absolutely buzzing. <laughs> I like Valley Parade. It's a nice day out. Uh, Bradford obviously had a bit of, you know, they'll look to have a bit of a resurgence. I think it'll be quite tough. They've got some good players. I don't know. I think it would be a nice FA Cup tie. Bloomfield wants to win it, doesn't he? So it doesn't want to win it. Sorry, he wants to win the tie, not the cup. That's. Uh, I'm that's sure a he bit probably wants to win the cup too, right? Who I wanted Maidenhead. Want <laughs> I wanted Maidenhead. Do you, know be brilliant. Uh, do you know what? That Oxford Maidenhead tie is mint. 
I'm jealous we didn't get something like that. I actually wanted Slough. I wanted Slough away. That would have been amazing. Slough. Um, or a curveball of Worksop, because I've got a mate who lives there. He's a Wiccan fan. He's, he goes to work, watch Worksop at the moment, but I'd love to have played him in the cup. <laughs> not far from me either. That would have been really nice too, but yeah. But uh, Valley Parade, uh, you mentioned, that's a proper old school ground as well. It's, uh, gotcha. it's always a nice, uh, nice ground to go and get to. Great um, ground for watching football. It gets yeah. a lot of stick, Bradford. But Valley Parade, they're really friendly fans. I was it, impressed when we went there. Yeah, yeah, it's out, it's out of the town. Um, proper old school football stadium, like six thousand people, make it sound like about six hundred thousand people. It's really noisy. Um, and Craig Kale Smith scored there, so it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, lot, lot, lots to do. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a decent away game if it's not so bloody far away. Um, yeah. For me, look, it's a, it's a League Two team. You know, they're kind of upper, upper mid tableish, aren't they? I think. We should be going there expecting to win it, and that sounds cocky. It sounds arrogant, but if we're genuinely challengers for the playoffs in League One, we should be going there expecting to win that game. Um, there might be a new manager bounce. Yes, I can't imagine that too many people are going to be making the trip all the way up there. Dan will be taking like the Clark clan, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> He'll be so walking yeah. there, yeah. turning up the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, the Sea Petrol Lad will walk. <laughs> too right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, it's um, yeah, I don't think there's going to be huge amounts of people who are really excited about it. But uh, but no, look, it looks like a decent draw. Like you say, old school stadium, old school ground. That's what the FA Cup's all about, right? And hopefully, eleventh, uh, by the way. Ah, uh, right. Well, hopefully, so, a nice uh, old school, nice old school uh, cup run for the Blues. Uh, we're not the blokes. Aren't the only people uh, about to embark on a, on a glorious cup run? In fact, the women are actually already in the midst of their cup run. Uh, they play Dartford in the third qualifying round of the women's FA Cup this weekend. That's the 22nd. It's an away tie. So if you can get there, get there. Uh, the girls did really, really well in the last round. Uh, they got beat by Ascot United 4-1 in their last game, but they went there uh Gutsy 1-0 performance, so well done to them. Good luck, ladies. Looking forward to hearing some good news there. So all-round cup magic. Uh, you mentioned new manager bounce. I want to quickly touch upon this. Now, usually I'm not in the... Uh, we're not in the habit of talking about other clubs because, uh, well, we're a Wicked Wanderers this podcast. Is going. But there we go. Uh, the, the news is uh, Mike Williamson uh, is the winding new... me up. Yeah, there we go. Mike <laughs> Williamson, the new MK Dons manager, uh, leaving um, leaving Gateshead after doing a pretty terrific job with them. Became their manager in 2019, uh, gotten promoted from the uh, National League North, uh, and uh, consolidated the following season. So I think he was uh, performing in a player coach role. We're talking about him because he played for us a bunch of years ago, and I also thought he was a. Do you know actually interesting story about Mike Williamson? Um, I'm sure the club will not mind if I talk about it now, but we actually, me and my dad, we had a removal company a bunch of years ago. We moved Mike Williamson um, from from an apartment in Wickham to the old apartment at Adams Park. There you go. True story. He's a lovely guy. Um, But yeah, there you go. Sorry, when we did that team of the year or ultimate team thing, I put him in. There we go. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a good player when he played for us, um, and went on to have a pretty good career up up the top of the pyramid too. But look, back to the task at hand. Mike Williamson to our good old mate MK. Uh, they they sacked Graham Alexander after only sixteen games. Some pressure from a fans group. We all know the story. What do we reckon to this? How long? One, one, thing, touch paper and set Adam off. One thing, one, one thing that I'll say really really quickly is um, I did laugh 
at the first interview that the club did with him because the guy interviewing him just went, well, welcome to the club. You're our latest manager. <laughs> it's like that that has a bit of an air of kind of finality already to it, doesn't it? It should be you're our new manager. You're the guy that's going to carry us forward. No, not you're the latest one. Yeah, I saw that as well. I saw that as well. And, uh, yeah, I just had a little, a little snigger. Mike Williamson's literally ripped my heart out and eating it like an apple. <laughs> um, I'm going to be walking around the stadium, like tearing all the pictures down of him because there's some decent pictures of him around the stadium. I'm going to be walking around and tearing them down. Uh, it, it, in all seriousness, why, why as a young manager who's been really successful, why that job? Mm. Why that job? Just stay for another three or four months. Carry on doing a really good job like you're doing. Something else will come up in the football league. There's, there's bloody, what, 71 other clubs. Why that one? Um, they've got an absolute screwball as a chairman. They've got an absolute bunch of nutters as a fan base. Um, they're not very good. They've got an empty stadium. Uh, and as soon as things start to go bad there, you'll be sacked. Mm. Um, and you know it's, it's it's a real risky jump for him. He, 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 you're right, Mike. He's a really, really nice guy and a bloody good footballer in his time. And I really, I really hope for him personally that he doesn't go in there and get off to a bad start. Um, as funny as it would be, laughing at the Milton Keynes fans, we've said before. You know, we're not talking about managers here who are two, three hundred thousand pound a week who can walk away and just go. Oh, it doesn't matter if I never get a job. You know, this guy has has stepped up. Um, first professional job, and that is a really tough gig there. Um, first of all, you've got to get around the morons that support or claim to support that club. Um, secondly, you've got to get on with the owner who just seems to be an absolute screwball. Um, and thirdly, you know, you've almost got to get them promoted. If he doesn't get them promoted, that's going to be seen as failure there. And I really hope for the kid that it doesn't go bad, but um, but you know, it, it is what it is, and all we can do is just um have a little chuckle at them and um, and and hope that we're playing them next season in uh, in a random FA Cup match on a on a Saturday afternoon so we can give them a kick in on the pitch of course I uh, I think everything you've mentioned there about why Mike Williamson would choose MK Dons is a fan's hygiene factor if that makes sense I think you've got to look at it from an, a young emerging manager's perspective. They are one of those that would have been touted as favourites for League Two. Obviously, he's going to get promised a level of backing for them to get back into League One. It's a perfect opportunity for him to go up a league where they are currently massively underperforming to make a quick improvement straight away. I know you say it's a tough gig because the infrastructure isn't there. But if you look at it objectively, from Mike Williamson's perspective, wanting to grow his career, he plays some really nice stuff. If he can get that team firing, it doesn't matter. They'll be they'll be well up League Two, as much as I hate to say it, because I don't want them to be. I want them to literally go into oblivion and we don't hear from them again. But, you know, I can see why he's taking it. It's a shame because, but he's got no... He's got no affiliation to us. He's got more affiliation in the northeast than he does to us. Yeah, so there's 100%. no reason. Yeah, it's, it's not even his, his. Yeah, it's not even his affiliation to us. To be honest with you, I just think why would why would any young manager, other than money, want to go there? It's just a hideous gig. You know, you've seen the statement that they're in inverted commas fans group. Uh, it looks like it's been written by a six-year-old. It's like a stroppy six-year-old who's just won four. Who's just lost four games on FIFA. 
sending a fa- I, sending a false letter to his manager demanding that he leaves. It, it, it's just pathetic. It really is. I get that, but in the grand scheme of things, if I was a manager, how much of a percentage would I really give a shit about the fans' opinions? I'm not there to kind of... Fans will increase pressure to an extent, but I'm sorry, the level of... I put in inverted commas, die-hard MK fans to a point where they won't put any pressure on the club. The only person yeah. he's got to impress there are the players and win them round and the chairman. And that's really what he's got to give a shit about. If you're at a club like a Manchester United or, you know, even going down into, you know, your passionate Sunderland's, Ipswich's, Leeds, that's when the fans are going to put pressure on you. MK Dons have got an absolute, they don't have even a minor percentage of that level of pressure from fans. I think pressure. they're Man United, so, though, don't they? Well, they're, of course they're going to think that, but, you know. <laughs> The the Don's action post is probably akin to a slap from a toddler. Really, that that's that's probably the the level of intensity that it gave. So you know, I I really don't think he'll give a shit really what they think. With them, I don't think you even have to take uh, the fans into account. Like Adam yeah. said, Winkleman's a knob end, and he will basically sack him if he doesn't get promoted. Simple as that. It's poison. It's the classic poison chalice club, um, I, and he's be, he could be out on, out on his ear by the summer if he doesn't get him promoted. They'll, they'll be sucking his cock if he gets promoted, and but he'll be sat by Christmas if he goes uh, on a three game yes. losing. Yeah, game. It's just yeah. it's a ridiculous club. It really is. Why he's gone there, I really don't know. For an up and coming manager, it's just I think crazy. it's a really, I think it's a really risky move. I, I think he had a good thing right. at Gateshead. They were playing some good football. I, I get it in it terms does. of it's it's a it's an established league club. Uh, it's going to look good on his CV, particularly if he gets some promoted. But I, I mean, when when they hired uh, Alexander, I was like, well, I'm not sure. I mean, he's not been able to turn around uh, any of the clubs that he's been to in recent seasons. Uh, and and I just kind of knew that that was going to end in tears, really. And obviously, I think we we're all yeah. hoping that that was the way, anyway. Um, you know, to go, to, I, th- I think it's a shrewd. I think it's shrewd business by MK. They've basically got yeah. a win-win. They hire a manager who uh, has has done great things in you know, you know, down the pyramid. If he gets promoted, he'll be an absolute hero. Uh, he's they've probably hired him on the cheap, so he's probably taken the cheap gig. Obviously, probably getting paid more than he is at Gateshead. Uh, you know, it's real mixed thoughts, really. Um, and I'm probably going to risk uh, annoying, particularly you, Cooper. But look, I'm. Obviously, I don't want MK to do well, obviously. But Mike Williamson, given the affiliation, yeah. you want to see young yeah, managers like that do well. Was it the same with Russell Martin, though? Was it the same with him? Um, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Because I didn't want him to do well either. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's the team he's with. One thing, though, you've got to look at it from a positive point of view, is that MK only ever really get their success off the back of Wickham Heritage. Russell <laughs> Martin, Mike <laughs> Williamson, hopefully. You know what I mean? It's it's all they have who's to gonna rely be, on Wickham to do well. Who's that is enjoyable. Who'd be next? Miguel D'Souza. Oh, God. Tony Hevings. Tony Hevings. I reckon Gavin Grant would suit them better. Oh. Any on oh. My goodness. Go away from me. Uh, Give him Joe Barton. 
let's, yeah, uh, yeah, let's let's move on from talking about MK. Let's let's move let's move bloody well on. Um, a new thing because we don't have well, turns out we do have quite a lot to talk about. But before we get on to uh, our Peterborough preview, uh, preview can't talk properly. Before we get to our Peterborough preview. I think I balls that one up. Uh, favorite moments. This is a new feature on the pod. It's not going to happen every week. It's going to usually happen when we don't have that much to talk about. Um, I've asked the chaps. Uh, well, it, actually, this was Adam's idea. Um, but we're going to ask the chaps. Uh, what is your all-time favorite Wiccan Wanderers moment that didn't happen on the pitch? So, just to clarify here, this is moment of your fandom that didn't involve uh, a game. So stuff that happens, you know, when you're in the corridors or, or perhaps a fun, silly match day experience, let's have some fun with this. Who wants to go first? What's your favorite all time moment that didn't happen on the hallowed turf of Adams park, or perhaps even I, it was an away day. I've got one that'll affect uh, Adam and it, you mentioned very away. He, he's going to grow. He's very away. We went, Two of us went. I was 18, he was 16. And it was quit a kid. <laughs> I got over a pound and he he had to pay an adult price. Um, but he, he had the karma there, though, was that I gave him a £20 note and they gave me £19 coins back. But the fact that Adam was so angry that he, they wouldn't name him for a kid because they didn't believe him because he's so tall. That was just... Uh, that, well, what was that all, I mean, if you got oh, him God, for... How long ago was that? 18, so 22 years ago. Yeah, so I was 18. I mean, oh, really? I no. always thought you'd been 56. Oh, well, that's always been the thing for you. <laughs> uh, you, when you I thought when you were 16, Barry had just won the <laughs> FA Cup, Damo. <laughs> I remember I was 18. It was two years before that. Are you, uh, are you, locking, uh, are you locking that in, Damo, as your all-time favourite moment? You've got to have better moments than that. Yeah, no, I just wanted to mention it to annoy Adam. Um, but... <laughs> That's I can't think of one right off the top of my head. Let someone else have a go. <laughs> I've got I've got two. I've cheated. I've cheated on one, so I'll tell you the one that I've cheated on first. Because although it It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love? A last-minute winner. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It wasn't a match. It did actually happen on the pitch. So I don't know if anybody ever went to Saltergate but just picture a, nice. an autumnal afternoon in Saltergate when Laurie Sanchez's Wickham Wanderers uh, played off the park by uh, by Chesterfield and the fans are booing and singing for Sanchez's head. And for some reason, in his wisdom, Laurie decides it would be a good idea to take all of the players down to the Wickham end 
sit them down and give them a bollocking in front of the fans (laughs) and then dish out a bollocking to some of the supporters at the same time. (laughs) Uh, And I just remember Jamie Bates leaning up against the, uh, leaning up against the barrier um, with Martin Lee. And I shan't repeat the exact words that he said, because I'd probably be asked never to come back on this pod, but it was something along the lines of this guy's a flipping penis. Um, (laughs) uh, And that moment will always stick with me. But, um, but the, the, the winner for me, um, and it's just kind of like it, it outlines how much of a family club we are and that sort of like how, how good we are with the kids and, and how that's at the centre of everything we do. Um, championship seasons, obviously COVID, um, we're just kind of coming out of a lockdown, so we're in more of a soft lockdown. You can go to a restaurant, but you can only go with a certain amount of people. You can only go with your bubble. Um and, you know, you have to sit two metres apart and whatever other lunacy was going on. And we're queuing up to get into Nando's because there's only about four tables that are open after taking Lockie to the cinema. And we look across in uh, in Wagamama's and there's uh, there's Stocko, uh, there's Curtis Thompson and uh, and a couple of the other boys in Wagamama's. And uh, Stocko starts pointing and uh, we turn around and out of Nando's walks the rest of the Wickham squad. And uh, and Lockie's little face, obviously, he's not been able to get to a game because we've been in lockdown. It's relatively early in the season. His little face, when the players came up to him, obviously at a safe distance, particularly Ryan Alsop, who's like his all-time hero. We've got a cat called Rocky um, for that exact reason. And when we played Cardiff pre-season, Rocky actually came over and asked how the cat was, which was a bit weird. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, his little face when uh, when we'd been in lockdown, you know, confusing time for kids. And every single one of those players made an effort to come over, say hello to him, um, you know, give him a little fist pump. I think that was when fist pumps were allowed and, uh, and made his day. And for me, I've got loads. I was really lucky as a kid. I grew up around um, like Jason and, and all of those. But for me, like as a dad, watching your, your kid's face beam like that, it was just a really special moment. So, yeah, that's the, that's the one for me. Sweet. I like that. That's real wholesome. Nice. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so cool. It was so natural as well. It wasn't like, it wasn't staged. It wasn't like they felt like they had to come over. They actually just came over for a chat and it wasn't even necessarily about football. We hadn't started the season very well. Um, I think it was just before the Sheffield Wednesday game. I think we won at Sheffield Wednesday. I think that was our first win in a championship or it was our first, maybe mm. it was our first point in a championship. I can't 100% remember, but it was like the, the Wednesday or the Thursday before that, quite early in the evening. It was just, yeah, like you say, like proper wholesome, proper like just humans mm-hmm. looking after each other like we did around COVID. It was really cool, really cool. And it's kind of that's a real highlight of what this football club's about. Yeah. I think I think you get that at this level though, don't you? It's yeah, it is, yeah. you know, yeah, people absolutely. they're just people. Everyone's yeah. just people. They're not, you know, and to as you say, to to our kids, these these guys are superstars. So, you know. Sometimes they don't really realise how uh, how adored they are. So no, it's yeah, nice. Yeah, exactly. You can only have open days like we've had recently at a club like this. If you had a bunch of nice mm. supporters, or even a, you know, if they're superstars like in the Premier League and stuff, you couldn't do that because it would be a, a mob. But at this at this level, you can have that connection with the with the players. And I see that yeah. every game when after the game when Lockie's giving out sweets to the players, and they adore it and they chat with him and everything like that. I think. It's just part yeah, of this club. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I struggled for this. 
Um, and I put my question to uh, a group I'm in, um, and a lot of them came back with a lot of memories from the 90s and how many uh, of the players had flashed their knobs to the fans over time. And that's that's how it kind of, that's how the conversation went. So as much as I, they're not my favourite moments, because if they'd flashed the knob to a six or seven year old, it probably Jesus. a completely different podcast. Wow. <laughs> we can take it off air. That's... So my I the way I got into Wickham was my dad was the part of the matchday operations team, so um kind of on a volunteer basis and every Saturday um he'd go in and kind of help out doing various stuff. So he he was at one point blue with a swan and wore some fantastic tights and we had pictures of that. And eventually, you know, I nagged him week in, week out to go. Um and he started taking me and that's how I got into it. Um so over, I, I started kind of going in the 90s um, and one of my favourite memories as a kid, and I don't know why it's one of my favourite, but I think it was just a bit how a bit starstruck I was, but it was the Man City at home game when we won 1-0 with the penalty. Um, and because obviously being a seven, eight, nine year old, I was ball boy and then I was putting the programmes out in the boxes and stuff like that. So I used to hang out in the woodlands during the game and uh, Liam and Noel Gallagher, we're in the Woodlands area. I remember that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so at the end of the game, we'd won, and I was absolutely buzzing. Um, you might want to cover your son's ears here, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm absolutely buzzing. Liam Gallagher comes out. Don't know if he'd um, what what how how much of a fun night he'd had. Um, but came it came across with a couple of his bodyguards. Me being an absolute brazen eight, nine-year-old goes, see you in Division 3, Liam. Shit you not, Liam Gallagher starts lunging towards me as his bodyguard's holding me back. And there's my dad ushering me away straight down into the boxes corridor. I absolutely love that moment because that was my first bit of fan banter. You know, like Green Street is an eight-year-old uh, squaring up to Liam Gallagher. So I that, love that. that is one of my favourite moments. Yeah, really yeah, enjoyed that. that. But from that, I do remember being on the terrace, like, and I was down towards the woodlands end of the terrace, and the banter between the brothers and the terrace was a particular highlight, especially as we were beaten that night. Yeah. But it was literally started with them giving it the V's, and then it just went back and forth for about a good half an hour, and then we scored, and then they shut up. Yeah, I, I had a much nicer interaction with, with the Gallagher brothers that night. But I mean, I, I just didn't go up to them and antagonize them, Dan. I was just like, <laughs> I was just, I was just nice to them. And, and, nice I was, to them. And, and they signed all of their programs, gave them to me. And I, I, I had all the girls uh, after me on, on the Monday at school. I uh, don't know why. But uh, De- Demo, have you, have you had a chance to think about your favorite moment? Uh, my favorite moment, you mean? There was one, yeah. It's 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 a favourite moment. It's very personal to me. My first ever favourite player was Keith Ryan. Okay, mm. um, in one of the early days in the league, uh, when he had his ginger centre parting, um, <laughs> one of his better haircuts. What but a he, do! What a do! He, that was. he he was he was he came down towards the corner where I was standing, and I basically said, um, "You're my favourite." I said to him, "You're my favourite player." I was a kid. I was probably about. 11, 12. You're my favourite player. He turned around and went, I love you too. Um, and then after the game, outside, 
saw him and he he made a beeline for me and signed everything I wanted to sign. It was it was the day before camera phones, so there was no photos involved. But you know, it's just I you know I felt like my favourite player had, had made an effort for me to be you know for it to be a special night for me. And I, yeah, that that was my favourite moment. And whilst yes, it's at the ground and it's it's before a game, and then after a game, it wasn't actually during the game. That was, you know, it's my favourite moment outside yeah, that. He's a legend. He's a legend. That's, yeah, that's that's really really nice. I mean, one quick thing, a bit of a sidebar, is I I think we've discussed it before, but the idea of mobile phones these days is that you know when, whenever you have an interaction with a player or, or someone famous, our first kind of inclination is to get the phone out and go, can I get mm. a selfie? But do you think that that's kind of diminished the the idea of fan interaction? I, I, I was going to say yes, but the thing is, is Adam, you know, your boy Lockie, he, he, I imagine he's probably got selfies before, but he has an interaction handing out the sweets, which yeah. is a very offline kind of thing. So I don't think these the ability to create these wonderful memories of interactions with players is, is entirely dead. Yeah, do you know what I... Um... I look at football, particularly Wickham, in a completely different way. He's, he's only been doing the sweets this season until, you know, obviously little Stanley was doing it last season. Lockie sort of used to go out and walk around with Stanley, but was still at a stage where he wanted autographs. He wanted everything signed. He wanted pictures. When you're chatting to these lads after the game, you're not really talking about the game. You're talking about their kids, their families, what they're watching on TV. Um, you know, the the wives are coming out and you're having a chat with them and Lockie's going and having a chat with their kids and, and you're like football's almost second. Like we are so lucky. We've got such a, a, a an amazing group of of kids, and it it's not just the first teamers. You know, Lockie calls Luke Leahy the fruit pastel monster because he always comes out and he saves him two packets of fruit pastels and and gives them to him. But you know, they all come out, and it like Gareth McCleary, literally the the model pro, still at what is he thirty seven, still won't come out and have a bag of sweets, but he always makes sure he comes out. You know, yeah, 34 is it? He comes out, he ruffles his hair, he high fives him, he spuds him. You know, oh, I'm all right for sweets today, Lockie, but you know, thanks very much. Um, uh, you, you really look at it differently. And like, he's not, he is not thinking about, I want to get my shirt signed, I want to get my ball signed, I want to have a selfie. He just wants to go over and talk to him. Um, you know, TJ is one of his favorites. I don't know where TJ lives, but he's seen him quite a lot in our local right. Tesco's. And, um, yeah, he'll literally like come running up the aisle in Tesco's to give Lockie a cuddle. It's like <laughs> it's just they're like his little mates, and uh, we are so lucky to have such a nice football club. Um, yeah. It's why it makes me so angry, and I go on about it in almost every pub. This idiot who sits behind me, who is just so vocal about slagging the players off, um, particularly Sam Vokes, who is by the way one of the nicest blokes you could ever wish to meet, and does have sweets. Um, but you know, it, it just really, really angers me that like we said earlier, these guys are human beings. They're going to work. Their families are in the crowd. If they're having a bad game, do you know what? I had a real bad day at work today. I made five or six glaring mistakes that I went over and I noticed I'd made and I corrected them. Unfortunately, when you're playing professional football, you can't go back and undo a bad pass or go back and undo an own goal. Um, and you know, I didn't make my mistake in front of five or 6,000 people. Um, I think, you know, we just got to look at it. and we, we are so lucky to have these interactions, and he's so lucky to have those interactions. And there'll be memories that last him for a lifetime. You know, when he's 
40 years old and wants to drag his kids along, you know, it will it, be the same for him and it will mean so much more than just winning or losing on a Saturday, which is exactly what it means to him. Yeah, they'll be handing, you know, your, your grandkids will be holding out the, handing out the sweets. Uh, I won't be bloody players. paying for it when the grandkids are doing it. Well, let's, um, I, before, before we move on, I'm going to, I'm going to share my, my own uh, memory, which actually ties in quite nicely to sweets. And I, I think I've told you this guys uh, before, but it's such a stupid memory. Uh, so Dan, I think that you enjoyed the uh, mascot experience around about the same time as, as I did. Uh, I was a mascot in uh, 90, uh, well, it was either, it was 99, either 98 and 99, but it was the 98, 99 season. It was that season, you know, with uh, Neil Smiley, didn't last long. Laurie comes in. My favourite videotape, I think, of any Wickham season, and it was the one where we were battling relegation for, for most of it, but what a memorable season. And I think that was the season that turned me into the absolute diehard chairboys nutter. Um, but we were mascots uh, for the... Colchester game of all games of all games and obviously I'm told by my dad the significance of this game you know we, we do the usual you know rigmarole of being a mascot go out warm up with the players uh Steve Brown was my chosen favorite player so we got a wonderful picture with him uh what a gent uh kicked the ball pretty hard at me though didn't forget that one left a bruise um but one thing and I don't know if they do it now but um as I was the only mascot the the ref um, who we were introduced to before the game. Seemed like a really nice guy. Yeah, maybe not so much. Um, does the coin toss and he hands me the coin. He's like, right, you can have that after it's done. And uh, I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. Stuck it in my pocket. Uh, the game happens, uh, if you guys remember, two all draw with the last, last, last minute penalty that Martin Taylor almost got his hand to as well. Um, really, really exciting game. Obviously, uh, not even just because I was a mascot, but what a what a back and forth game, um, memorable. Uh, anyway, uh, that fi- it was a fifty pence piece that you did the coin toss with, and uh, we stopped off on the way back home uh, in Princess Risborough, and we went into the uh, into the news agents that was there at the time. Yeah, I only went and spent the bloody fifty p, didn't I? I went and bought some. <laughs> I went. And, I went and bought some sweets. <laughs> yeah, look, look. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. In my stupid moron eight year old brain, I thought the referee was just being nice and giving me some money for sweets. I had. I. I didn't consider the importance of the coin. That's brilliant. You know, there you go. So, so I bought sweet, but I could have had uh, an important uh, memento there. Uh, that's my moment. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to do a few more favourite moments and, and other things uh, soon. Let's talk. Uh, let's let's cast our eyes to this coming weekend. We're on the road, uh, off to our good old mates at Peterborough. I feel like we've spoken about mate football sides quite a lot this week. Um, but yeah, back in league action, Peterborough. Uh, they also had. Uh, last week off as well. Um, they're doing pretty well. Let's, let's be honest, unbeaten in their last six games. They've alternated wins and draws. Uh, only one loss at home all season. And that was a 4-2 loss against Derby back in August. Currently sitting fourth in the table. But but here's the important thing, right, guys? Look, we, we can be confident too. Four wins in the last five. Only defeat was against Pompey away. They're doing really, really well themselves. Eight wins in the last 12 all comps. 
Uh, and the last time we went there, let's not forget that. 3-0 win, as good as they get. That was one of the performances of last season. In fact, I actually think we voted it on this podcast as our performance of last season. Uh, here's, here's a question. Can we do it again? 100% we can. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we, we've got you. a good record there, haven't we? And we said, we said, we've spoken numerous times on this podcast about the, the grounds that we go to and we haven't got a great record at, you know, places like Accrington and Morecambe. But yeah, we do. We, we tend to do well at Peterborough. And they tend to always start the season like a steam train. And in previous seasons, I remember Peterborough, you know, being like third or fourth and having a goal difference of like 3,864. And then in the second half of the season, they die off and, you know, they survive on goal difference. And the one thing I'd say about and them this year their is manager they, normally. Yeah, their, their goal difference is much smaller this year. Um, I don't know if that, you know, Clark Harris has got four. Um, I don't know if that's because he was sort of in his mind, he moved to Bristol Rovers. I mean, there's a guy who seriously needs to think about his career his career choices, right? Going from Peterborough to Bristol Rovers. I mean, what, what just why? Um, <laughs> you know, obviously it didn't happen for whatever reason at the last minute. Um, probably best for him because he would have been working for for, for Joey Barton. But you know, they've, got, they've got a good squad there. It's going to be a tough game, but but yeah, I think we can. Um, I think we can do something up there. You know, they've still got Josh Knight, who we know about his strengths. We've spoken about Clark Harris, and now I've um, now I've had a pop at him. He'll go and score a hat trick, no doubt. Um, Joel Randall's another one that I that I really like. He's a he's he's a proper footballer. I think he's got the opportunity to 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 get in between the lines and cause a bit of havoc. Numbers haven't been great this season, but um, but yeah, I think he's got the ability to um, to cause a bit of chaos. So it'll be interesting to see how they line up. It'll be interesting to see how we line up, um, how the guys have come back from international duty. You know, TJ, um, Dale Taylor, I think both played uh, both played both games. Joe Lowe played one game for Wales, so might first, get a start. Uh, first full international sure. cap as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And well congratulations done. to him. Well deserved. Um, and, you know, Killian Phillips, I think, was away with the the Irish under twenty ones. So, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see who gets in, who gets a start. Um, I would have thought that the players would have had a few days off and then been back in doing probably some shape work um, and looking at Peterborough this week. So, um, yeah, it, it's absolutely a game that we can go and win. And you know, we've spoken we've spoken on previous pods about it's all very well. You know, winning four and five against the teams who who we expect to be at the middle and the bottom of the league. But um, but if we've got any um, any thoughts of going and challenging at the top? Then these are the games that we've got to get something from. So uh, let's let's go get them. When we went there last season, um, I believe they were on a decent run then. They were, yeah, know, over the, yeah, over the Christmas period. Yeah, and um, Adam and I were there, um, and uh, we just pummeled them. We looked yeah. like we could we could have scored six or seven that day. I don't see any reason why we can't do it again this weekend. Is it still forty quid to sit on a wooden bench? By the way, oh, it was stupid. It was a stupid price. Ridiculously I expensive that. and no yeah. seats. Like I coun't get my legs behind the set. Oh, it was awful. It's horrible. We refused, place. didn't we? We went and sat in the yeah. other seats because because <laughs> it, it was it was yeah. It's the away end, the way part. If they if they don't give the end, which they don't give us that, because we don't bring that as, as many as that. It is like going back to the nineteen thirties. And I know I don't remember that, but it looks that way. Um, but yeah, I've, I can't see why we can't beat them this weekend. Uh, I'd be very disappointed if we came away with nothing, put it that way. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's a good time to play them, right? I mean, we were looking forward to the, the Cheltenham game if, if that had happened. Obviously, it didn't because of the international call-ups. Um, we, we are bang on form at the moment. 
Um, we fancy our chances. The last time we went there, it went really well. Um, I, I, they're always a they're they're a difficult opposition, right? We need to give them their due. Yeah, they're not scoring as many goals as they were last season or have been previously. But you know, good record, still unbeaten in six. They're not going to be a pushover, are they? Absolutely not. Um, you know, we know we know the strengths they've got. We know the battle that um, that Clark Harris will have with whoever's playing centre-back. I wouldn't be surprised if he's fit to see Taft start in this. Um, if we cast our minds back to um, to January when yeah, we played, he... uh, Tafazoli had the game of his life. He was outstanding. Yeah, Clark Harris in his back pocket, yeah, didn't he? Well, yeah, I remember doing the, the, the customary tweet of Tafazoli emptying his pockets when he gets home. You have a picture of his keys, a picture of his wallet, a picture of a phone, and then a picture of Clark Harris. He <laughs> was outstanding. Um, and... You know, if if Blooms has done anything over the last two weeks, I hope to God it's wrapped Tafazoli up in cotton wool because he will absolutely love that battle. Um, and don't get me wrong, you know, I think Joe Lowe's capable of it. I think Farino's capable of it. Um, I think Keo will will give him a game as well. But I think Tafazoli has really got his number, so I'd love to see Taf start. Um, and, you know, just just pick up where we left off. You know, it's a great way to sign off before the international uh, before the international fixtures. Um, so, so let's try and pick up where we left off and uh, and see what we've got. Right, I think generally think that was Taft's best game for us um, in in the shirt for us um, for all the time he's been here. Um, it, Didn't like, he say like, it was like, the best game of his career? Yeah, and like I'm we sure said, I he, he had Clark Harris career, yeah. in his back pocket, but he also made a great save on the line to keep it at three 0 That was with his hand as well, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I mean. <laughs> it was a great save, genuinely. And they weren't mad; the referee didn't see it. It was brilliant. Yeah. With regards to how we're going to line up, we mentioned you know international break, you know, and, and international duty for for a number of our players could potentially give some selection headaches. Um, but if there, if we can. Would you line up against Peterborough with the same side that ran rampant against Fleetwood a couple of weekends ago? No. Okay. Peterborough are a very, very, very different force coming forward. Mm. Um, and whilst I think that we would cause, we would create anybody problems going forward with that team, I think we have to be a little bit more cautious at the back than what we were against Fleetwood. Um I don't. I like Killian Phillips, but I don't see him as a player who is going to give us huge amounts defensively. Um, I think Vokes needs to start up front because I think we're going to need to try and hold the ball up. Whether that means that Taylor and McCleary or McCleary and Hanlon or Hanlon and Taylor play off of him, I don't know. Um, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen at the back, and we spoke about this briefly on the last pod. Um, you know, Tafazoli, hopefully fit, Jolo, um, Farino, obviously Leahy's been playing in there as well. You know, what on earth do we do in that in that centre back position? Um, everybody knows what I think of Luke Leahy. I think he's an outstanding footballer. But would I rather have him or Tafazoli up against Clark Harris? I'd much rather have Tafazoli up against him with Leahy further forward you know, giving us a bit of creativity, but that is an experiment that has worked brilliantly well. Um, and he was outstanding against, you know, Portsmouth and Charlton, who are two of the better sides in the league. So I, I think Blooms has got a really, really hard job on his hands getting this right. Um, I trust him to do it. I think he, 
he's proved in the games that we've played, he is a horses for courses manager. But I don't envisage us going for broke like we did from minute one against Fleetwood and really going for the throat. I envisage just being a bit closer. Um, I envisage Max having more to do and uh, and for for there to be a need for us to be more defensively astute. Um, that's why I don't think we'll, we'll go the same. I think if we've gotten fit, we need to play three centre-backs, genuine centre-backs in the back three. Um, and I would actually play Leahy uh, alongside Scowan and let Potts just go where he wants to be going forward. So changing um, the formation, like a sort yeah. of five-three-two, five, if you like. Yeah. So you basically got you got three-five-two back with three genuine centre backs, including Tafazoli. Yeah. And then Leahy next to Scowan, and then Potts yeah, supporting the front. Think, I, I can't see him changing the shape, but I I think I, I think Harry Boys might miss out, and Leahy might play at left uh, at, at left is, wing back. That is an option, certainly. Yeah, I can't see him changing the shape. You you might be right. Um, I'd almost like you to be right because I really like Leahy in the centre. I think Michael touched on it in the last pod that we've done that. Mm. that actually, when Leahy's in the middle, he's much more involved in the game. Like I've got no doubt that wherever he is in, on the pitch, he'll be able to contribute. But, um, but yeah, trying to get him on the ball in, in the centre of the pitch is going to be much easier if you're playing in a central position rather than wide. I just don't see him changing the formation. He might do. Uh, and that they've had a couple of weeks off to work on something new. Um, and, you know, certainly served up a surprise at uh, at Fleetwood. So yeah, he might do it again. So let's wait and see. Well let's uh let's jump to it. Let's uh let's get our score predictions in. How do you think it will end up on the day? Are we going with another three nil or based on what we've just discussed here, do we do we reckon it's gonna be a bit tighter? I don't want to um disguise my 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 positivity as overconfidence. I think we're going to go there and get something, but I would actually sit, almost sit on the fence now and say two all. Mm. Yeah, I think it'll be tight. I'm <laughs> certainly tighter than the last time we went there. By the way, how weird is that? I'm sure. I'm sure I read a stat that both teams have got a points per game of one point seven four. Yeah, they have. Uh, <laughs> how weird! How weird it's is that? Us, I, just, we? I just wanted to slide that in there. But yeah, my prediction. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't actually spoken to Lockie today about how he thinks we're going to get on because he'll give me a silly answer because he doesn't like Peterborough. Um, but I think I'm going to go positive. I think we're going to nick it. I'm going to say two one. Yeah, you stole my prediction. That's what I was going to go with. <laughs> but I reckon it's going to be one of those where it's either a, 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 a it'll either be nil nil or two one, or it'll be something wild like a four three, like we did a couple of seasons ago. Um, I think it's. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's the. I, I'm hoping it's the latter. I'm hoping that it's an exciting game. I'm hoping that the boys. Uh, you know, I know that we need to set our stall up a little bit more conservatively for sure, but I hope they're playing with their tails up. They know that, you know, in, in a good sense, yeah, um, yeah, you're right. hot on form. Uh, the boys that have come back from international duty, they've yeah, got to be probably, confident. Yeah, probably a little bit of tiredness in their legs, but, you know, G'd up, ready to go. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna copy you, Adam. I'm gonna go a, a 2 1. Uh, there we go, lads. Pleasure as always. Thanks for what joining. What would Dan say? Uh, do you reckon Dan's dropped off? But what do you reckon Dan's, the score Dan's, prediction would be? Who wants to do a, a, an impression of Dan? Let's get a Dan impression. I'm going four nil. Easy. Four nil. <laughs> get that goal. There we go. We hope you're okay, Dan. We'll speak. He's to you in fallen a down pit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that will do it for this week. Thanks for joining for another episode of the Heroes of HP 12. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify. And if you're loving the podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP 12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC, Dan at Dan Clark PR if the power comes back on, and Damien at Damo1507. We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.